Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Good morning. What is up, everyone? It is Monday, January 28th. Welcome to the Land of Boz for a God forsaken Monday. Dude, Mondays is just terrible. I hate Mondays. I really hate Mondays. Me too, buddy. Mondays is terrible. Um, I actually had a pretty dang good weekend for those of you who follow me, which is a sentence I say quite frequently, and I apologize. Um, I worked with the Catch Lift Foundation uh, this weekend at the LA Fit Expo. Of course. Uh, for the LA Fit Expo, I uh, worked with the Catch Lift Foundation. It's funny because the LA Fit Expo is basically, um, <laughs> obviously, it's a fitness promotion event. And uh, if you're not selling protein bars or giving away anything free, it's really hard to kind of get awareness. But the Catch Lift Foundation um, is a foundation I volunteer with that has changed my life and changed a lot of lives of many, or changed all the lives of the vets they work with. But basically, it's a foundation that works with um, combat wounded veterans that give that help fund anything from gym memberships to at-home gyms to gym equipment, everything in between. Um, it's an astonishing foundation. Um, so if you're feeling like giving, uh, check it out. I'll tag it in the description of the show. But the Ketchula Foundation, completely nonprofit organization run by a handful of completely passionate women, uh, men and women in Connecticut um, that just really care about helping vets um, have after having combat injuries, getting back into health and fitness lifestyles. So they're astonishing. So I, so I did a weekend doing that, and in lieu of that, when I would get off my shift at the booth, I would also have uh, been working on the Jack Reacher shenanigans. Um, we've got a lot of, uh, we've got the lo- house located, the house locations, or the location scouting done for the house. Um, we actually did some still, some photo shoots, some, uh, some videography. <sighs> Utter utter chaos however it was a very good weekend the greatest weekend of my life <laughs> i wouldn't say the greatest weekend of my life as i always do like that's jokes not getting old but it was pretty damn good um like i said i worked with the at the fit expo with catch a lift um and then uh after the first day i went and shot uh some jack reacher stuff and then the second day it was a really good day it was I don't know. It's just something about working with these with uh, the vet organizations I'm part of. It just means a lot to me. And then I dared, and dare I say dared, relaxed Sunday evening. Um, a good friend of mine, Christine, and I went and took Izzy for a walk. Albeit we only had about 30 minutes. Uh, we both live chaotically busy lives, but it was nice to force ourselves out of our comfort bubble to go. Uh, I just I threw Izzy in the truck. We drove about five minutes away. Uh, you know, and it was 30 minutes and if that, and took Izzy for a walk and just relaxed. So it was very peaceful. Uh, the chaos will begin tomorrow. Uh, but overall it was a great week. Um, I'll get into some of the other stuff I did this week with Allison and, uh, Wicked, which, uh, was a surprisingly amazing, well, I knew it'd be fun with Allison, but I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the play. Uh, but overall, uh, it is Monday, a day everybody, uh, abhors is that the right word a day most people detest um and because it's been since my monday monday through sunday are pretty much always the same i'm going to make tomorrow monday my saturday so i'm going to finish this podcast tonight stay up late i'm going to relax with izzy a little bit watch some tv and i'm going to sleep in i'm not going to set an alarm i think do i have anything to do tomorrow i'm going to i'm not going to set an alarm and then i'm going to go to the gym work out and uh, Monday will be my Saturday. So, let's get this show rolling. And a new segment that kind of gets attention here and there. Um, a little bit of shout-outs. Shout! Shout! Let it all out! And just some generic shout-outs, too. Uh, hopefully you're listening to the podcast. A handful of subscribers that subscribe to The Land of Oz, um, the Patreon page in general. Um, just basically donating funds now that I've re, re kind of calibrated the line of Boz to, ba- uh, guaranteed at least a free bot podcast, but also all free content. Um, and so any contribution, awesome. So those of you that subscribed recently, thank you. 
And then also those of you, it's so, uh, I, I'm so hesitant and flinchy uh, when it comes to this, but so many people have contacted me for many, 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 many years saying, hey, can I get you something? And I just was like, I don't really know how to facilitate that. And then um, I, I, somebody on an, uh, another, two other people on Patreon had told me that they kind of catered to that request by creating an Amazon wish list. And I was like, well, God, I guess. And um, I, I created that and not for like anything like a waste of time, but I, I put on there like just simple things like stuff I don't buy myself in the, for the, for kitchen stuff. <laughs> and, uh, um, God, it's so weird. I, I so hesitant, I guess, but for those of you that hit that Amazon wish list and, and got me just stuff I wouldn't get myself, um, that wasn't like life critical, but you, you felt so you felt helpful enough to do that. Uh, I hope you know who you are. Thank you. So huge shout out to the new subscribers, uh, to the Amazon wish list people. And actually, um, God, it's so, uh, it's hard. Like my conscience is clear because I know I put out a lot of stuff. I put a lot of quote unquote free time into everything I do for everyone else out there because I know everything I do is for y'all, uh, because it truly is. You guys are the, um, I'm the employee, <sighs> excuse me, I apologize, uh, you're the employer, so I know I like to put out a lot of quote-unquote free content, and um, a lot of people, again, for years and years and years have said, what can I do to even just like help you out financially or reimburse you for what you've given me, and I finally was like, well, I guess I could set up a Venmo or a PayPal, and people hit me there, um, just saying, hey, you've given me this, and I've, I want to pay you for it, so, <sighs> God, it's so... I'm so, like I said, flinchy and hesitant, but regardless of my awkwardness, um, a huge shout out to, to you. Hopefully you know who you are. Um, I do not take that lightly. Um, I could ramble, but I'll just leave it at that. So a huge shout out to you. Uh, you know who you are and thank you. And I wanted to put this at the top of the show because it is crazy, crazy timely and crazy important. Um, and I've only done one segment, I think, on this. But uh, let's talk a little bit of, I don't know, pet chat, canine care. I don't know, but something to do with pets. Come to me, jungle friends. So Izzy, my dog, hashtag Izzy, I-Z-Z-Y. B-O-Z, Izzy Boz, uh, has been my canine partner in crime for a longer, an extremely long time. Uh, anybody who follows me knows her and I have been through a lot. She's nearly died a handful of times. Uh, she's defied all odds. Um, and I joked the other day when I was at All Animals uh, Veterinary Clinic that I should rename her uh, credit card or uh, care credit. <laughs> um, but she just recently had a a simple procedure. She had her teeth cleaned and, um, uh, it brought up an interesting point. Um, the long story, the reason, uh, dental cleaning has a, causes me a little bit of flinching and hesitation is, uh, my ex and I, we had a little dog, um, a little toy dog, um, named Frank. And I don't know what it is about small dogs. No matter how old they are, they still have like this puppy, impact on you so you have this like more protective care of it and I mean this guy who's crazy old um and uh but he was so small like I had this weird protective feeling about him but uh Frank went in he was very poorly taken care of at the place we got him from um I won't name names but it rhymes with rhymes with uh Vander Pump Vander yeah Vander Pump that those people uh, we picked him up. He had been there for a long time. He had lesions on his body that had to be surgically removed. Um, like most of his front teeth had to be removed um, because they were so rotten. And uh, when uh, the short of it is when you intubate a patient, and I know this from complete uh, experience, zero degree separation experience, I've had to intubate uh, cane, uh, animal veterinary patients. Uh, you name it, I've had to intubate it uh, as far as <laughs> the animal kingdom. And by intubate, that's that thing you see where they shove tubes down people's throat to create an airway. 
And yes, yeah, smaller animals are extremely hard because their trachea, their windpipe, their airway are much smaller. And so you need a smaller tube and it, you know, everything that it, the minute it's smaller, it's inherently more difficult. So I'll give him credit, but, um, poor little Frank, he had to go in and get his teeth removed. And, um, my theory is when he went to this vet, the person was poor at intubation techniques. Um, and, uh, small dogs are susceptible to to what's called tracheal collapse. Uh, their trachea is pretty fragile. Uh, their your trachea is made of cartilaginous rings, and theirs are a little bit more fragile. And basically, here's the ingredients. Before we went in to have him in, uh, his teeth taken care of and intubated, he was fine. Uh, after he was take went in and had his teeth removed and was intubated, his trachea had collapsed. So do the math. The uh, the variable is uh, the intubation. And uh, the poor guy, he had trachea collapse. And basically, um, if you think about a straw, if you were to pinch off one end of that straw and, and suck really hard, it'll collapse on itself. And that's essentially what his trachea was doing. And so that causes uh, a complete shutdown of the airway. And God, I love this dog. He was, he's amazing. Um, poor little Frank. Um, just like every dog, what sucks about dogs and is also the best thing in the world is their spirit is one million times bigger than their, their physical body. Their body can be just completely decrepit and their spirit will keep on trucking. And uh, I've never been with a dog. I've, I was raised with dogs. I've never seen a dog that in the, their eyes you could see see the urge to live, yet hear audibly his body not cooperating uh this cough will, will forever haunt me this cough this poor guy had and it wasn't a cough like an irritated throat this cough was his body starving for air and um god i love dogs <laughs> and uh um poor little frank um i think a lot of people keep their pets alive too long uh for the human and not for the pet. And, uh, my ex and I, we went right up to the edge of that, um, where we really tried everything, uh, whether it was ignorant hope, blind hope, uh, educated hope, but it got to the point where, uh, we took, uh, Frank to a different vet at all animals. My, uh, the vet who had essentially saved my dog, Izzy, her, saved her life. Uh, Christine and Dr. Molnar, um, I met them covered in blood, uh, when Izzy had been attacked by two giant uh, wild boar hunting bulldog things who uh, nearly killed her, uh, ripped my arms all apart, crushed my left arm. Uh, I've ner I've had nerve I have and will have nerve damage the rest of my life. Um, and not to brag, but luckily Izzy is alive because I have the medical background I have, and I had the medical kit from the medical kit of gods in my truck to save her life when she was attacked. Um, and that's where we took, uh, Izzy, uh, when she was bleeding out and dying. And, uh, so we took Frank to all animals, uh, because I inherently trust Dr. Molnar and Christine to give me complete and blatant truth. And, uh, they just said it was time and, uh, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. <laughs> and, uh, so my ex and I, we eventually had to put Frank to sleep and, uh, I don't know what... I've seen a lot of humans die and I don't know, seeing your, your pet dog die is, uh, I, I honestly wept <laughs> and, um, I haven't wept for a while, to be honest with you. The last time I wept prior to that, uh, if my memory serves correctly is, um, my uncle, God, I'm, this is like 10 different tangents. I apologize. Uh, but my uncle who, um, passed away, he had, he'd, been combat combating uh, Alzheimer's for a while and we were at his funeral and I don't know if it was my fault ignorance or it was just a kind of a secret uh, but I didn't realize he was they were planning on doing military military honors at his funeral and seeing I don't know if it's four or six men snap the flag uh, and pretty much unfold it in this really crisp snap fashion over his cast over his uh, casket um I was great at the funeral up until that. The minute they did that, I, I started bawling. And uh, that was the last time I bawled and up until we put Frank to sleep. 
And where I'm going with all this is, uh, uh, <laughs> it seems so trivial now, now that I've painted this very dire uh, picture. Um, but Frank, um, dental cleaning. I'm really going that place with this. Is This is all about canine dental cleaning. For those of you who have pets and particularly dogs who value uh, their lives, um, it's funny because I know growing up with my, I grew up with Labradors. My my father just loved Labradors. All the uh, Bosley men, Bosley uncles, Bosley cousins all had black Labradors. Um, a lot of them used them for hunting. And uh, it's funny because growing up, we didn't clip their ears, clean or clip their nails, clean their ears, do anything. I mean, we took good care of them, but we didn't do near the fraction of what we do today. And they were fine. Yet, uh, just like any level of medicine you learn things and learn what to do different and with with dogs uh dental care um you know if like they have dental um uh infections or um i just blanked on the word i'm looking for um gingivitis that can actually if i don't quote me on this i have research for later in this this segment but uh i believe gingivitis can lead to like actually heart issues so dental cleaning is truly important on dogs um so number one uh, here, here's the a quick side is brush their teeth. And that's no joke. I brush Izzy's teeth nightly. Um, and that's critical. Uh, but the reason this whole segment is all about is anesthesia versus anesthesia free dental cleaning. Um, and so I took Izzy or I was going to take Izzy in and a, an unnamed party said, well, why don't you do, and I told her, told this, this individual how scared I was because of the whole backstory of Frank and having to put him under anesthesia and intubated, causing, you know, eventually leading to his death, how scared I was just because I was just so nervous from dental anesthesia and cleaning that it was unwarranted, but I experienced the, fa- the potential fallout and consequence. I told this individual my fears, and uh, this person said, well, I need to do anesthesia-free dental cleaning. And I obviously uh did my due diligence and talked to all animals and uh dr molinar and christine and they said no 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 and here's what i know now about anesthesia free dental cleaning here's the summary before i start reading the facts anesthesia free means you're telling your you're having someone hold your dog quite likely violently still while you while uh, a tech cleans their teeth now i'm blessed with izzy she lets me brush her teeth but imagine i don't care how perfect your dog is imagine doing what we do at the dentist for our you know six month or yearly checkups and having a dog do that they do not understand what's going on you're violently holding their mouth open while they buzz and drill and do all that crap so here's what happens so, and I'm quoting this. Uh, this is from the American Veterinary Dental College. Um, you might have heard about anesthesia-free dental cleanings from a local groomer, pet store, or word of mouth, or even some veterinary providers. Commonly known as anesthesia-free dental cleanings, the practice involves scaling, uh, i.e. scraping with an instrument, of a dog or, ta- dog or cat's teeth without putting them under anesthesia, which pretty much we have every time we go to the dentist, that scrapey, scrapey stuff. Veterinarian, veterinarians refer to this practice of scaling teeth with, without anesthesia as non-anesthesia dental scaling. The term cleaning is misleading to pet owners who have the impression that after one of these procedures, their, their pet's mouth is clean and healthy. It may sound like a great option, but it's exactly what does this involve. First, the title of the procedure, the title of the procedure is, is accurate in that there is no anesthesia. This means your pet must be physically restrained. Some higher than others, which I would imagine most. How many pets are allow you to jack open their mouth and then scrape every single one of their teeth all over the place? So this means your pet must be physically restrained in order for in order for the provider to access the animal's teeth. A provider will often tell the pet owner it's just like a human going to the dentist, which is absolutely not the case. While some pets may appear to tolerate this restraint better than others, your pet is still being restrained for a lengthy period of time with no ability to understand what is happening to them. Uh, The next step is using a sharp instrument to remove the plaque and visible tartar from the tooth, which is basically that scraping stuff. So consider your your visits to the dentist and the minor scaling that sometimes has to be done to remove some of the tiny spots of buildup. Now, take a look at your pet's teeth. And I guarantee 99% of you, your teeth, your pet's teeth are brown. 
take a look at your pet's teeth and think about how it might feel to remove all of that scraped off. So, at the end of the anesthesia-free dental procedure, the outside surfaces of your pet's teeth may appear visibly whiter. However, there is much more than meets the eye. Because your pet wasn't under anesthesia, there is no ability to teen beneath the gum line, where the bacteria that causes periodontal disease occurs and causes bad breath and extensive damage to the tooth roots and structure of bone, and then leading to heart, etc., etc. So white teeth do not mean clean teeth, and this is explicitly what all animals said to me, is yeah, if you want to restrain your pet and do all that scraping stuff, they will still never go below the gum line. No pet will allow you to take a sharp pointy object into that soft tissue between the gum, the teeth and the gums. Um, obviously, I'm extremely passionate about this, but truly think about it. I'm not like saying, yeah, let's drug our dogs left and right, but really, uh, the animal is not, a, I mean, go to the extreme cats. They don't even let you touch them. And you're going to say you're going to restrain a cat and jack open their teeth and scrape on them? So please, truly, uh, preventative care. Uh, brush your dog and your your dog's teeth nightly. If you got them as a, as, a, as a puppy, start early so they get used to that and get desensitized to it. I'm freakily blessed with Izzy. Is I got her from a shelter. She lets me brush her teeth nightly, clip her, ears, clip her nails, clean her ears, uh, doesn't have an issue with it. Cleaning teeth, obviously, if I brush her teeth for five minutes, she's not happy. But truly, preventative maintenance is key. And I have no medical background. I've done a lot of work on animals uh, in my past lives, um, horses and, and, and dogs alike, uh, caprines, goats. And I guarantee you, if they weren't under anesthesia, there was no way in hell they were going to let me scrape their teeth with a sharp piece of metal. And then let alone jag them, stab them up in the gum line either. So please, do your research on the anesthesia-free. If you're doing that because you've been a crappy dog or pet owner and let the gingivitis build up and you're all concerned with their health, that's on you for not having keep uh, kept it from being that bad. Uh, do some, do the anesthesia. Obviously I'm passionately fearful of what can go wrong. Uh, but set yourself up for success. So that doesn't have to be the case. Um, yeah, I'm welcome. To, I'm, I'm open to talk about this channel on, uh, all platforms. Uh, but really consider it. Um, I think a lot of people are misled or, or ignorant or anesthesia free. It means your dog or cat or your pet is wide awake while they're scraping their teeth with pieces of metal. I guarantee you, if you could go back to that room, I don't want to use the word cruel because I trust vets to care about the patient, but really, go back to that room and watch your dog. I guarantee you that that dog has no idea what's going on, and it is terrifying. And I apologize for kicking this right off the bat, but it is truly something I'm very passionate about. Okay, so every once in a while, I have random observations that uh, if I can pass on my learning experiences to you that is all for the better so here is a little bit of God, what shall we call this uh, it's a little bit of motivation lessons learned uh, we'll just go with some lessons learned and uh, you can apply as needed you are right I learned it by watching you so I was talking to a handful of people over the last week or so um, I've talked to military people fitness people, Hollywood people, and everybody in between. And for uh, on various topics without getting too deep, um, we were talking about people like, like losing their crap and, and exploding on other people. And uh, whether it's in Hollywood or fitness or s relationships, um, I always go back to, in my time in the military, uh, and this isn't, I don't mean to get on a pedestal, uh, but... I would like to think in combat when people's lives are on the line and people are getting shot at and uh, decisions and stress and everything in between are can keep people alive or make them dead. I would like to think that is a pretty huge pinnacle uh, to use as a basis for comparison. So with that being said, um, we were talking about like when people in Hollywood lose their cool and snap at, snap on, you know, crew or or 
relationship people that lose their mind on other uh, the the other the significant other and i always go back to that and i don't mean it like i said it's not a pretentious higher than thou way but in my experience i i would like to think those are the most extreme of extremes and i've never seen anybody lose their cool as much as i have in hollywood or in the relationships where uh, my in my uh, green bray background where lives depended on it and people still you know there's obviously poignant discussions a little bit of yelling but no level of what i've seen in hollywood or what i've seen in relationships and it just blew my mind and it just kind of became an interesting topic and and it was just something that i don't know there's no real topic here but maybe it was just something entertaining to listen to but it really boils down to um a little bit of adult talk here from here on out, not too much, but a little bit. But being a bitch or being an asshole, that does not that is not equivalent to being confident. There's a huge difference. <laughs> I'm, I have known some badass, the most baddest ass of baddest of badasses, who would still not be assholes, and and they had every right to be confident. You know, just amazing human beings and they were still not assholes they were they exuded confidence yet they still weren't assholes and the same goes for the female across the board but um without being too specific i've run into women a woman who (laughs) for some reason thought being a complete biatch and bumping into people and and standing their ground somehow translated to confidence. And I guess the this point of the segment is to beg people and everyone involved or everyone listening to to understand the difference between confidence and being a dick. Uh, there's a fine line, and I guess the thing I'm going with is I, I know a handful of Green Braves listen to this podcast, and a, hand, a, a large number of non-Green Braves listen to this podcast. And I know, and my point is, is I know some bad ass Green Berets. And they have, not like I'm saying that people have a right to be dicks, but if anybody has a right to be dicks, <laughs> they do. Because they have been through some astronomically crazy experiences where their lives and the lives of their men have depended on certain events. And uh, they needed to do everything possible to get home to their families. And they still were not derogatory higher than thou pricks and if they can do that some prissy hollywood or fitness or whatever person really needs to keep in perspective how they treat their uh quote-unquote inferiors or uh insubordinates so that's that's a lesson i've learned like i try to like apply to myself is um i've been blessed to be around some <laughs> men among gods when it comes to my careers. Um, people that have, oh, excuse me, I apologize. People who have survived things they shouldn't survive and they still treated me with respect. And I was, by definition, they're inferior, they're, uh, they were my superior by rank, experience, etc. And they still treated me, you know, they would give me crap and all that, but they still treated me with respect. And then I see things, I mean, you can see it online, you can see social media stars, you can see fitness stars, you can see everything in between acting like a-holes and somehow misunderstanding misunderstanding that as that proves confidence. And that's not the case. I don't mean to sound like Yoda here, but let's all strive to be like silence is confidence. Uh, being a dick is not. <laughs> and truly, uh, if you, any of you know who military or fire or EMS or police have known people that have been through some of the most extreme shit a human being can be through, I would venture to guess any one of us knows that person. And if we do know that person, that person is quite polite, quite humble, and will never treat people like crap. We all have our bad days, yes. But in the extremes, that person in this example, I would truly, truly bet so much that those people 
treat everybody more or less polite and kind. They don't bump into somebody in the, the grocery store and think they're entitled and think that, that bumping into them and standing their ground makes them confident and and good people. It makes them look like dicks. And the people I'm talking about are aware of that. And they don't do that. So in this world, I was talking to a friend this weekend or this Sunday. A lot's changed. I'm 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 in my forties. A lot's changed. And how about we strive to be uh, aware of perspective. Uh, not saying that people that get shot at have a right to be a little bit more dickish, but if if those people that get shot at and are willing to sacrifice their lives for others, if they're polite and don't treat quote-unquote lesser people dickish, I think all of us playing in Hollywood pretend or, or, or making music or f- fitness, social media, famous people, I think we truly probably could be a little bit more polite in this day and age. So uh, I guess the lesson of this segment is how about a little perspective? Treat people polite, be good, and yes, that's that. So that has been some seriously, seriously deep topics. Uh, we're 30 minutes into the show and I've talked about canine dental death and uh, not being a-holes. So let's get a bit, a little bit of lighter and a little bit of uh, humor and just simple facts and talk about what happened today in history. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, extra, extra. So I hope people get something out of this. I, at least, I personally do because it's nice to actually kind of remember what happened and I don't know, I think in this day and age with social media, ironically because I'm on it like a little teenage princess, uh, but social media I think has really distorted reality for a lot of us, and it's kind of interesting to go back to re- uh, history and kind of remember a lot of the big events that happened before we were bombarded with social media where everything hit us in the face with so much uh, qu- news, quote-unquote. Uh, but today, January 28th, 1980, 1986, the space shuttle Challenger explodes 73 seconds after liftoff, killing the crew of seven, including New Hampshire school teacher Krista Mc... I'll butcher her name. Uh, I apologize. Mc... McLiff. But for those of us who were alive back then, it was jaw-droppingly painful to watch that. And like it said, 73 seconds. We watched that thing drop, uh, take off and just barely over a minute explode. And it was so surreal. Just I'm looking at the images now and it's just mind-boggling. It's, I, I'm speechless, so I'll move on. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, today, January 28th, 1956, Elvis makes his first television debut, and we all know what happened. If you don't know who Elvis is, hit pause. We're not part. We're not friends. <laughs> uh, today, January 28th, 1985, we are the world. We are the world. We are the children. That's all I know. Dozens of top name music stars joined together to record the chart topping single. So today, in 1985. Today, in 19, today, 1978, Fantasy Island, the TV series Fantasy Island debuts on ABC. Buzz, this is a plane, it's a plane. A uh, little person said that, and uh, I never saw an episode of that, but it it stuck around for a hot minute. That was when entertainment was much more simple. Scoring along today, 1915, the U.S. Coast Guard is established. Go Coast Guard. <laughs> no comments. No, I actually looked at joining the Coast Guard. Uh, I really like the ocean, and I really like serving the country, so it works out. Um, today, in 1823, the first U.S. naval officers es- executed for mutiny. I do not think there will ever be a day where treason or anything uh, will ever be um, punished via uh, execution, etc., so back in the good old days, uh, some births, some deaths, some births, some deaths, kind of a dull day. Not like I want people to be dull. I just, this is interesting. Uh, Henry the seventh born January, January 28th, 1457 King of England. 
Henry won the throne by defeating King Richard III at the Battle of Bosworth Field. Bosworth, Bosley. Uh, the culmination of the War of the Roses. He was the last king of England to win his throne on the battlefield. See, that stuff just intrigues me. I just, I don't remember a single element of my history classes. So, I don't know, I get a little bit out of these. Uh, but Henry VIII, the next one, he died today in 1547. King of England found a way to avoid alimony. <laughs> I wish I would. Well, I don't have kids, but damn. Henry VIII is best known for his six marriages, <laughs> in particular his efforts to have his first marriage to Catherine of Aragon annulled. When Pope Clement VII would not annul the marriage, Henry VIII separated from the Church of England from papal authority and appointed himself the supreme head of the Church of England. So if you're Catholic, you know that story. Uh, church, uh, The Catholic Church and the Church of England. A little bit of uh, angst there. Uh, deaths, losses, life, births. You know what? That's it. I'll keep it simple. Today in history. And I love movies, yet I still do not go into movies. Um, but... As it is Monday, let's review a little bit of the weekend box office and see who did what and who paid for what. Stand by. So I am a poor contributor to this weekend's box office, but let's hammer out the top 20 We'll run 20 to 10, and then I'll randomly discuss uh, 10 to through 1. Number 20 is Stars Born. Uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga crushing it. And if I saw a uh, friend of mine, actually Allison, who does the opening of this show, um, Welcome to the Line of Oz with Jeff Bosley, that's Allison. If I saw her Instagram story correctly, uh, she's in Vegas this weekend, and she went to saw Lady Gaga. And if I saw it right... Uh, Bradley Cooper was there, and they performed a song for the movie. So, top 20 still, 17 weeks in a row. 19, if Beale Street could talk, I have no idea. Number 18, uh, Stan Alley, no idea. Number 17, The Mule, Clint Eastwood uh, playing a drug-running mule in The Mule. Number 16, a movie I was in, uh, Vice. Uh, number 15, On the Basis of Sex. 14, Bohemian Rhapsody, still sticking in there with uh, the Freddie Mercury story. Number 13, The Favorite. Spelled all fancy with F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E. No idea. Number 12, Bumblebee. <sighs> no words. <laughs> number 11, Mary Poppins Returns, uh, which actually I want to see. Uh, so number 11. Number 10, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Proving that if you make a, a movie based on kids because it allows so many people to go and that inherently most likely means a parent ticket and a child ticket... Which is two tickets uh, for the you know for, uh, versus one if it's rated R, uh, they make some money. Two weeks in it, it's top of ten. Number nine, Escape Room, horror movie. I want to see that actually. Number eight, Serenity. Uh, can't remember what that is. Number seven, A Dog's Way Home. <clears throat> Don't know what it is. Number six, a uh, uh, Green Room, a uh, Green Book. I'm sorry, Vigo Mortensen playing a uh, kind of a a driver for a uh, I believe a. African-American jazz musician back in the day when that wasn't a good thing. Um, not that I'm saying it was a good thing ever, but it was viewed as not a good thing. Number five, I need, need, need to see this. Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. Seven weeks uh, at the top ten. Um, or it's been in uh, out for seven weeks. Uh, if you like comic book movies, I hear this is a great movie. Number four, The Kid Who Would Be King. Not a freaking clue. <laughs> Number three, Aquaman. It has made $316 million in six weeks, but I thought it passed the billion dollar mark. This Something's wrong there. But anyway, top three. <laughs> Number two, The Upside. Uh, that is with, um, I just blanked on his name from Breaking Bad. God dang it. Him and Kevin Hart. I'm sad that I can't remember the original, the other actor's name, but I can remember Kevin Hart. That's a sad state of affairs. Um, I need to see that. And number one, surprising the crap out of me, Glass. The surprise um, movie where M. Night Shyamalan, he did um, Unbreakable. And then he did, um, I think it's called Split with James McAvoy, and you didn't think they're remotely related, and then he follows it up with Glass, and 
making it a I don't know a three series a three part movie uh, really impressive and I cannot wait to see it so uh, if you are into movies that's where we're at um, I would say you, we all need to see Glass the Upside I really don't actually want to see Aquaman uh, if you're into comic books uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse Green Book if you're into some good artsy fartsy and like Viggo Mortensen he's a good actor uh, looks like a great movie Escape Room if you want to see Good old-fashioned suspenseful horror. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns, if you want to go with kids and actually enjoy yourself an adult, as an adult. Bohemian Rhapsody for a little bit of historical um, entertainment. Vice, because I'm in it. <laughs> and A Star is Born, because it just sounds like it's dang good. Those are my recommendations for this. Uh, the movies that are still out this week, based on this weekend's box office. Holy crap, I talk fast. All right, thank you. Lastly, to wrap it up with a little bit of, I guess it really boils down to a little bit of motivation, maybe a little bit of kick in the ass, maybe a little bit of something you may need on this Monday. Um, if something I can experience, uh, win or lose or go through, uh, if it's something that can help you, that's what I do. So a little bit of motivation today. Don't stop This comes from a place of uh, optimism and zero amounts of being jaded and just pure uh, innocence and, I don't know, just it comes from a place of purity. Um, over the years, more than one person, I can't actually keep count of, have asked me, well, what's your plan B? And that actually was asked to me uh, while I was in uh, pre-med, while I was in a, as a theater major, uh, when I went into the Army Special Forces, uh, when I went into firefighting, and then when I went into risk it all and move to Los Angeles and pursue a career in Hollywood. I can't keep track of the amount of people that have said, what's your plan B? Now, there are more than one uh, remixes out there that talks about a plan B or... Uh, um, I don't have a backup plan or all those little motivational memes or music remixes or whatever. And, uh, it was asked me again recently. And, uh, I think 10 times out of 10, anybody has asked me, they, they mean it sincerely and genuinely and coming from a place of care and concern. And I'm in, I'm in my forties <laughs> and do not get me wrong. Uh, anybody who knows me or has followed me or uh, knows me directly or thinks they know me probably can surmise that I'm not a walking ball of spiritual hippiness and whimsical uh, hope things kind of work attitude. Uh, I come from a very practical upbringing. Father was a physician. I went to pre-med, uh, college, uh, second college, uh, military, which is a dependable paycheck, firefighting, dependable paycheck, and then moved to Hollywood and did all this wazoo, un unreliable, unpredictable uh, life. And um, so in this life, I've been asked more than the other lives, you know, what's your plan B? And don't get me wrong, I love practicality. I love normalcy. I love working Monday through Friday, nine to five white picket fence, barbecue on the weekends, wife staying at home, not because I'm a uh, chauvinistic pig, just I, I like, I don't know, whatever. I like to not have, to, if my wife, if for my, would like to work, she's totally welcome to. Uh, but I like, I don't know, I, mean, I that's maybe the just the world I was up, brought up in, but I could care less how she lives her life. I'm, I'm, I support it. My point is, <laughs> I like things that aren't exactly Hollywood, so to speak. But despite that, I'm asked more than once, or, or I'm asked often, what's your plan B? And for those of you in some sort, and it's all relative, uh, you know, maybe you're a single mother with three kids, uh, chasing a college degree, uh, maybe you're chasing Hollywood, maybe you're chasing the Green Beret, maybe you're, God only knows who listens to this, what you're chasing, but I'm sure one way or another, people who actually care about you ask about your plan B. And that... <laughs> That stuff sucks. It's truly hard uh, because at the end of the day, uh, my answer, I didn't have one. 
And um, I remember honestly thinking to myself, dying, <laughs> not suicidal, but I don't have a plan B. I never have. Uh, I mean, I, what's weird though is I'm a, I'm of a uh, mental design that I'm constantly thinking of backup plans upon backup plans upon backup plans. So in the military, um, instilled in me a pace plan, a primary alter, an alternate contingency and emergency plan. I was used to that four tiered backup plan structure. I loved that. I relished it. But despite that, that love for uh, redundant features. My careers always weren't an option to have a backup plan. As a Green Bray, my backup plan wasn't to go to another uh, military unit. Um, it just wasn't. And I don't, it's, I'm not one to be ignorant or childish, but I don't think what if. Uh, the only what if I thought was uh, to motivate myself, uh, to keep myself on track. Um, to keep myself from making those, I don't know, like, I think if you have a what if, it allows you to entertain that as an option. Um, but if you don't even discuss with yourself mentally the what if, there is no option. And it's a cliche, excuse me. <coughs> uh, but uh, if you don't entertain a what if, there is no, there's no option. Failure is not an option. And... Uh, I just think that makes sense to me. <coughs> oh my God, sorry. That's really good radio right there. Um, but if you don't entertain a what if, that means there's no option. There's no, I, it's, it's such a cliche, but failure is not an option. I did that as a, as a wannabe Green Beret, became a Green Beret. Uh, and then coming out of the Green Beret world, old with a destroyed body, and then going into firefighting. Uh, where most of my peers were a decade younger than me. What if wasn't an option? Uh, this sounds so, I don't know, like forced motivational speechy, but uh, like I said, I'm very pragmatic. I'm very practical, but I didn't entertain a backup plan. There was no plan B. Uh, it's ignorant, but so far it's worked out for me. Uh, becoming a Green Bray was the only option. Uh, becoming a firefighter after I got out of the Green Berets was not an op was the only option. Uh, Hollywood, the only option. Uh, God willing, Jack, this Jack Reacher thing is the thing that will change my life. Will uh, provide me the way to visit my family, uh, give my dog a good backyard, uh, pay off my sister and her wife, her her wife's uh, student loans, uh, care for them, care for my friends, finance friends' films. Uh, help friends from Colorado move to Los Angeles, uh, just God willing. But it's weird because it's not an option. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like my own worst enemy. I, uh, I'm not a whimsical, you know, just let the universe decide for me kind of guy. But at the same time, ironically, when it comes to, you know, every major goal I've ever had, it, it, there was no backup plan. It either was going to happen or I was going to die. And luckily so far, everything happened. Uh, the Hollywood thing is way out of my control, and I'm I do everything in my damned uh, <laughs> my damned power to make it in my control or control what I can. So if you're going through whatever you're going through, uh, like I said, any example, it's all relative. But whatever it is, could be astronomically life changing for you, or life inhibiting, or life altering. <sighs> it's risky. <laughs> I'm not a uh, practitioner of any licensed uh, therapy, but I dare you to not entertain a plan B. Because by entertaining a plan B, you've already incepted yourself to have a backup plan to have a failure option. Um, obvi obviously, it's practical as an adult to have a backup plan, but maybe on these great, 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 grandiose uh, plans or desires or goals, maybe having a backup plan or not having a backup plan is the only way to do it. Uh, my three biggest achievements in my life, or my first two out of three, uh, Green Beret and Firefighter, uh, there was no backup plan. It was going to happen or I didn't really have an answer. Luckily it happened. Uh, the Hollywood thing, same thing. Um, so whatever you're going through, it's, uh, you know, it could be like meeting the perfect woman like I said, going to college, getting a certification as like an EMT 
or anything in between or anything on the extremes. Uh, don't entertain a backup plan. You know, live, eat, and breathe for that thing as if your life depends on it. Uh, my other two jobs, they kind of did depend on it. Hollywood is obviously way superficial, not superficial in an insulting way, but it's not people shooting at me. Uh, but I still treat it the same to a fault. Uh, but whatever you're going through, keep it. Like I said, just don't give it a backup plan. Don't give it a plan B. Uh, you do that, and you've already incepted yourself to have a failure, a uh, way to fail. Don't do that. Um, focus on the only way to survive, and treat it as if your life depends on it. That wraps up our show for Monday, January twenty eighth. Thank you for listening. Um, slowly getting on back on track. Seems like that's what I say every time. <sighs> Insert yawn here. <laughs> uh, getting back on track. Like I said, uh, every all my content is free. It is up to you how you choose to support me. Knowing I put in hours and hours and hours of time into everything I, I throw out there uh, for y'all. Whether it's entertainment or motivation or inspiration. So... Um, I just want you all to know you are an integral team part of this effort, this team, um, and a perfect example. And I don't mean to trivialize it or hint or whatever. Um, a woman bought me a knife for my kitchen and that's something I wouldn't buy myself, uh, that 15 bucks I would put towards gas or equipment for my Jack Reacher or deserted. Just things I would do otherwise, and by that individual buying me this random kitchen knife that I quote unquote need, um, it it is a cog in the wheel of Bosley progress, and it is not remotely taken lightly. So, however you are in my life, know you are uh, integral and important and valued, and I truly know you are the end user. And I don't, I don't, a little bit of adult language, uh, I don't dick around here. This all is for someone else, uh, whether I'm volunteering or creating entertainment in movies or podcast or whatever, it's all for somebody else. It's not for me. I don't, you know, it's not like a carpenter that builds himself a headboard for his bed. Everything I create is for someone else. And it truly means a lot to me having you involved any way, shape or form. But with that being said, please it's monday uh blah uh like i said earlier in the show my monday i'm treating like my saturday as soon as i re-edit this uh show i'm gonna sleep in and not set an alarm because i'm good enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me if you don't know what that is uh you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself in the meantime it's monday it is if you listen to this on the morning uh, kick some ass today, uh, one way or another, please go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios. <laughs>